Well, good evening, friends. Welcome back to Sons of the Republic. Spent a little bit of a uh, little bit of time, but didn't work quite as late today. Sitting back with a little bit of this most excellent spirit hound whiskey, and it makes me think about the United States of America and a little something about alcohol. smoky, it's crisp. Yeah, I mean, I'm no, I'm no whiskey reviewer, but the collage of flavors in this stuff is just fantastic. It's uh that's a $70 bottle of bottle of whiskey, so I try to not go through it too quickly. At any rate, a lot of people seem to think that whiskey is sort of that quintessential American drink, and I suppose it has, uh, coming over from, uh, from the British Isles, especially, of course, Scotland. But really, the original American hard alcohol was rum, and that came from, uh, from the Caribbean. But that's another story for another time. What I really wanted to talk to you about tonight. I've had a number of conversations with a couple of folks. I had a long conversation with my mother last night and she was very upset with conservative talk radio. Now my mother is this 60s liberal Democrat type that grew up in, uh, let's just say, a town famous for hippies and whatnot. A town that has since, long since, committed suicide. But I digress. But she's, she's also, I think rightfully so, she is upset that she doesn't hear a lot of um, citations. And of course, as a former teacher, you know, this is something that's on her radar. She's, she's a bit of an intellectual, kind of a strange mix of, of hippie and intellectual and back to the earth, for those of you who know what that means, type of person. And I had to point out that she hasn't bothered to do her research as a good intellectual because a number of folks, such as uh, Rush Limbaugh and uh, Dan Bongino, do in fact publish their sources every single day. Um, however, there would be no show if you were sitting there, um, you know, reciting what your sources are. And actually, if she listened a little more closely, it's not, see, she doesn't listen it's my stepfather, and so she overhears and gets annoyed. But she's not really listening, because usually they do cite where they're getting this from. But of course, um, I get it. A lot of where it's coming from is they're just reciting articles in the media. I mean, whoop-de-doo. I mean, we live in this age, right, where everything is fake news, and it is. I mean, I've I've spent time when I've had a little bit of time off and I've researched the living daylights out of things and 
you know, everything is either an outright lie or a misrepresent misrepresentation or, you know, any number of misdirections, if you will. And so because they are not, and this goes for all of them, I don't really, um, kind of catching myself. I think probably the most open and honest source of news that I can think of. There's lots of independent sources, and those are really the best. Um, because they're doing open and honest conversation and analysis, and they're very much open to being wrong. Uh, for that, I mean, most certainly guys like Tim Poole on BitChute. I refuse to promote the other video website. You need to be on BitChute, folks. Period. End of story. Guys like Tim Poole, and, and there are just so many other people covering news but uh, Tim does a really, really fantastic job. And, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a lefty who has been forced to the right and uh, always does his best to be um, as objective as possible when he's looking at news sites. If you're listening to uh, Rush Limbaugh or Dan Bongino or, you know, Glenn Beck or whatever, they are always going to push and spin things toward the Republican side of things. And this is all kind of the heart of what really annoys me. Oh, by the way, um, if you're looking for someone to follow on the left, who's a hardcore lefty, but will still call out BS, Jimmy Dore is a, is a good source. Now, he drives me crazy. He's a lunatic. Um, he's a lefty moron nut, but... I mean, he calls it, calls it like it is, you know, and he's not afraid to uh, call out hypocrisy when he sees it, and he does it quite often. It's pretty refreshing. Um, you also tend from Jimmy Dore to get insight into what the sane left wing is thinking, and I, 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 I don't get the impression that Jimmy Dore is malicious, I guess. He's just, just doesn't understand liberty, doesn't understand natural law. Uh, one of the really interesting things that I have observed with left-wingers, left leftists, I don't want to call, listen, I try not to use the word liberal when I talk about these people because liberal... The root word is liber, which is Latin for free. And so liberty, okay, liberty doesn't, doesn't mean leftist, communist, democrat, whack job, okay, and neither does liberal, all right? Now, I understand where people started to say that. It kind of came out of the whole hippie era in the 60s. It was because people were doing things, you know, they, it was it was the whole, you know, no, I just want to be free, man, like, peace, yo, that kind of thing, and, you know, then they'd go have an orgy and whatever, you know, I, it just, so it got lumped in with that, and of course, at the time, you had this rising American evangelical thing happening, and they were being courted heavily by the, 
the Republicans. And so it created this mess. And I hope that what you're beginning to see as I explain a little here and a little there, that we live in a world where everything is a mess. You know, everything is upside down and inside out. That's uh, something that, that Beck quotes all the time. It comes from, I believe, the Fabian Socialists. But it's, but it's true. And in the, we have a real problem here. It's a really big problem. And what is that problem? It's ultimately what I want to talk to you about. It's what I talked to my mother about last night. It's what I see in conservative talk radio. It's what I see in, in left-wing talk radio. It's what I see in the news. It's what I see everywhere. Now, I am off of all social media except for Gab. Now, why Gab? Um, you know, because a lot of people think, oh my God, isn't that the neo-Nazi, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And um, no, it's not. Um, the guy that started it, Adam Torba, um, pretty religious dude. Um, and he, he really liked the whole Pepe the Frog meme thing, something the left does not understand. They do not understand memes. They don't understand satire. They don't understand, understand comedy, etc., etc., etc. They're pretty miserable people. I'll just put it that way. They don't understand it. Uh, they don't care, and a lot of them are evil. And so they sought out to smear this guy and make sure that he was banned everywhere. And it has it worked. The dude is super resourceful. He's doing a really good job. Um, and I really like his platform. Now, you have a lot of other platforms. Real quickly, there's been this huge push towards Parler. Parler sucks. Parler is supposed to compete with Twitter. Twitter sucks. And Parler sucks for the same reasons that Twitter sucks. It's just a crap echo chamber full of people shooting out these little one-liners and, you know, share this or repost or retweet or re-echo or whatever the hell. It's just asinine. It's so toxic that I lasted, I don't know, a week on it. And it was so stupid. And there's no legitimate, um, trying to not use the word Joe Biden used, there's no good discourse. Or the other word that sounds like that. It's just crap. I checked out Mines. I actually checked out Parlor and Mines a couple of times. As I said, parlor sucks. Mines is, mines. I you know maybe I'm too stupid, but I couldn't figure it out. And and there don't the the people on mines don't seem to be particularly nice people. Um, there's just sort of a whole hell of a lot of spam and a holes and. There's just this seemingly no way to have any sort of communication or discourse there, uh, you know, either. And to me, that left gab is kind of one of the only 
the only ones that are the you know the only alternative social media platforms out there that were you know really worth even looking at. I've looked at most of them, and they're all crap. And Gab just really seems to have it together. It's it's very Facebook esque. It's got some other things, kind of interesting things going on with it. And I like it. I you know I I like it. Um, I also love that it's uh, doesn't appear to be censored in any way. Uh, I guess if you were harassing people or something, they might. I don't know. Um, but I'll tell you what. I really like being able to see all of the idiots on the left and the so-called right. It's not the right, okay? Neo-Nazis are not on the right. They are on the left. And you really need to understand that. They are socialists. And socialists are collectivists. Collectivists are always on the left and individualists are on the right. It's why, actually, the Republican Party and most people who claim to be conservative aren't. Because they're big state collectivists. They just want something that looks more like what they like, what they're comfortable with, and it has nothing to do with, with liberty, the United States, the Constitution, etc. So, I'm on Gab. And I have the same problem. Gab has a lot of different people on it. Sort of represents a cross-section of the people that I see out in the public and customers that I talk to, people around town that I talk to. They're kind of all over the place. There's two groups of people on Gab that... that I view as particularly problematic. And when I say problematic, let me define what problematic means in this context. What I mean is that these are people that are very distracting. They, they meaning that they distract a lot of people how they do this is they talk about things that have no relevance and no bearing whatsoever on the present situation. Those two groups of people are basically your evangelical types and what have become known as Q-tards. Now, if you want to go do your research on what or who Q is, go for it. I have followed it myself a bit. Until I realized that it's all a great big distraction. And this ties into the conservative talk radio and the liberal talk radio and this, that, and the other thing. They all tie together. And what is the problem with all of these all of these people? These conservative talk show hosts, the news, 
people on social media, people in general. They look at the news, they look at things happening. They yell and they scream. The evangelicals rant and rave and scream about God and Christ and Jesus and this and that and the other thing. And last I checked, that hadn't helped anything or anyone since um, apparently this divine being that they so desperately believe in has never interceded in the affairs of anyone or anything, um, at least since before the sack of the Second Jewish Temple in 70 AD. Um, if you're to believe the books that they read, and I don't. So that's a great big distraction because, well, and I'll, we'll get into this. The Q-tards, they're like, oh my God, Q just dropped another clue. What could it mean? And, and oh, much arguing and gnashing of teeth about, oh, what could it be? Harumph, harumph, harumph. You know, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Then you have um, the, you know, the, the conservative types and everyone else talking about the news. Just blah, 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 blah. Oh, Nancy Pelosi this and Mitch McConnell that. And, oh, my God. And I can't just... But you know what I never hear? Ever? I don't ever hear anyone read a news story and say... Well, this is blatantly unconstitutional and immoral and violates natural law. And let me educate you a little bit about that or let me talk about that. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Because if they did, it would take the power away from all of these people that are scaring the daylights out of you and have convinced you that elected officials, I shouldn't say officials, elected representatives serving in the institution of government, it, it convinces them, it convinces people that those people somehow have special rights, privileges, powers, and authority that you and I do not have. And that's not true. Nobody ever addresses those things. It's always directed back at, well, you've just got to vote for the Republicans, or you've just got to vote for the Democrats. And it's always this asinine, idiotic dance where it's always the same old, boring, stupid lie. And you fall for it every damn time. Every time. It's always that, well, these are our choices. And, you know, it would have worked. It would have worked. Our, our, our Democrat people or our Republican people would have created the utopia. But those other people, they're awful, horrible people, and they didn't let us, and they are the enemy. And we have to, yeah, I'm taking up the Valley Girl thing because that's how effing stupid it is and how effing stupid a lot of you are. I don't say that to directly insult you, but I do want to insult you. How stupid are you? Are you that stupid that you fall for that? Because I don't think you are. 
And yet somehow I keep being proven wrong. You keep proving that to be true and it really annoys me. Because I got to live in this stupid world that you all are creating with your collective ignorance. It blows my mind. And I got a hell of a lot more faith in you than that. Faith, belief, with it, belief in something with an absence of evidence. I have no evidence. But I have to believe. I just... I. I have faith. The, the problem is, is that I think it's going to take a shooting war to get to that point where you guys pull your heads out of your ass and actually say, oh, oh, I think now that we're slaves, full-on hardcore slaves, oh, maybe this was a bad idea. Well, it's too late. Get in the cattle car. You're going to concentration camp in northern Montana. North Dakota's real cold in the wintertime. Think Siberia. And at that point, it's too damn late. The fact of the matter is, is that people refuse to take the personal responsibility to learn natural law, the Constitution, our founding documents, our founding the, the arguments of our founders, and they do not, they're not even remotely interested in supporting, defending, and preserving the Constitution, which is a piece of paper, but that piece of paper says, hey, listen, we're supposed to have equal rights under the law. And you need to understand that what this, what this really means is that we use law to protect the rights of all people. And you have to understand, like I said in the last episode, you know, there's a lot of people that they point, and it's just so stupid, they point to things like the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, which are two of the most beautiful documents ever written in the history of mankind. And they say that's all a bunch of BS because there was slavery and there was this and there was that. And Well, you can't possibly. Of course, these are people that don't have any actual good ideas. And when they say, well, we got to burn it to the ground and here's... You know, so, so this is this is the current argument that's literally what's going on right now. They say, oh, well, this country was awful and horrible and evil and bad and nasty and terrible. And so what we're going to do is um, we just want to burn the whole damn thing down. We're going to take power. Um, when we do that, we're going to cleanse, kill, murder, anyone that dissents with us, and we're going to have our own little utopia that's going to be ruled by force. They're, they're literally advocating for North Korea. I'm sorry, but the, I'm pretty sure that what happens in communist countries is as bad or worse. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say it's worse than what happened in America, slavery or no slavery. 
and let's just say it's slavery, at least most of them lived, which is more than what we can say for anyone who dissented, or even anyone who was just accused of dissenting in the Soviet Union, in the Warsaw Pact nations, in China, in North Korea, etc., etc., etc. At least the slaves, the overwhelming majority of them lived. Thank goodness for that. And you want to usher in a system of government that is single-handedly responsible for the greatest loss of life through murder and torture that the world has ever seen, at least since the Mongols. The Mongols used to go in and they would say, listen, um, you can submit to us and just pay tribute and we'll leave you alone, or we'll murder every living thing, including the dogs, cats, chickens, goats, etc., in the entire city. And that's exactly what they did, and it's what they did to Baghdad, and Baghdad has never, ever recovered ever again. We have not seen a level of barbarity like anything like what the Mongols did until the advent of socialism. And you can just go ahead and think of socialism and communism as the same thing. One of these days I'll do a class on the differences between the two, but for right now, they're indistinguishable. National socialists, everyone knows what the Nazis did. International socialists. International socialism is communism. Anyway. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the best I can to offer the constitutional and natural law perspective to things. And we can start that right here tonight. So I'll do, uh, I'll do a quick story here in just a moment. Before I do, there is one resource where you can get something like this. And that is from Chris Ann Hall. ChrisAnnHall.com. K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E uh, Hall. H-A-L-L.com. Um, really need to get her on the bit shoot. Um, she's on YouTube. She's on all the podcast uh, platforms, etc. So please be sure to check her out. Okay, so let's get on to a quick article and let's discuss it from a constitutional liberty natural law perspective. All right, so let's let's kick this off with these various mask mandates. So, um, first of all, the let, let's talk about this. You, there are a number of governors out there and even mayors who are... Um, issuing orders saying that, well, you have to wear a mask. Now, okay, when, when and where does one have to wear a mask? Um, 
Well, that depends on where you are. There are places where, for example, in Florida, there are counties that are trying to tell you that you have to wear a mask indoors, in your own house. Yes, wear a mask in your house. Mm. Other places are saying, uh, the, the elected officials are saying, oh, you know, if you leave your house, you must wear a mask. Others say in any public place. Some are saying in any store. Some are, you know, the, it, it's all over the place. Now, any time that a law, rule, regulation, etc. is passed, your responsibility is to ask yourself, well, now, wait a minute. Is this, and it needs to fit one of these criteria, is this constitutional? Number one. Number two, is this moral? And only then do you ask, is this legal? Another term you may hear me throw around is lawful. Now, what's the difference? Real quick, the difference between legal and lawful. Okay, if something is lawful, it comports with natural law, with universal morality, okay? So, for example, um, if we pass a law that says murder is against the law, well, murder is, a, is, is kind of the prime transgression of natural law, of universal morality. You could call it um, natural moral law always has been, it's a universal thing, it's common sense, etc., etc. That is lawful. Now, laws in the United States are supposed to be lawful. The difference between lawful and legal is that if it's legal, it means a legislator, or I'm sorry, a legislative body got together and passed a law. Well, um, I mean, that doesn't have any relationship to morality or natural law. And so that's a problem. And the way the Constitution is written, the way this country is, is set up and founded, laws must comport with the Constitution, and the Constitution is connected to natural law. And so if you make a law that is immoral, unlawful, a transgression of natural law, harms a person or, um, you know, infringes upon a person's natural rights, that's the other question you need to ask for any of this. Does this infringe upon my natural rights? Um... If it, if, if it is against any of those things, then it is antithetical to the Constitution, and according to our founders, it is null and void, and you have a duty to resist. And I would tell you that the nature of that resistance means um, 
very rapid, aggressive political action against the legislators that, um, that passed it, and then it needs to be repealed, taken off of the books immediately. And I would say what needs to happen is that um, immediately there needs to be a resolution or something passed, additionally, outlining the crimes of those previous legislators who committed a crime by overstepping their their authority, over uh, trampling on the Constitution, infringing upon the natural rights of the people, and a solemn pledge that they will not do it again. And if they don't do that, then you throw them out of office too. And around and around it goes. Now, to a lot of people, that sounds chaotic. But you know, it's the only way that you're going to protect your natural rights. And you need to know that. Now, when it comes to this issue of natural rights, natural law, this, that, and the other thing, we need to get a couple of things straight. But the first thing that we need to get straight, just so that you understand this, is that American government is set up in a very specific manner for a very specific reason. Specifically, the charter documents, the constitutions of the nation and the state, these are contracts. And in fact, any documents that establish a government at any level, county, city, town, municipality, whatever, uh, state, federal, these are contracts between we the people and those who will serve in government. So what it is is that, and even that's not as clear as I can make it. Let me, let me, I promise it's not the whiskey. I haven't had but a couple of sips. When government was reestablished in the colonies, the way that it was established was there was a Congress of Representatives who wrote a contract between the states. And you have to understand that the state constitution is a contract between the people of the state agreeing to establish a state government. Now, the next question, so, well, before I get to that, what you need to understand about government in the United States of America is that by contract, which is the Constitution, by contract, the role of the government is the, the primary duty and responsibility of the government is to protect the natural rights of the people. And so if those who are elected into or working in government infringe upon, in any way, shape, or form, the natural rights of the people, they are in breach of contract. And you need to understand that that is a legal commitment, meaning that legal action can and should and must be taken against those people. Now, the ultimate check and balance to this is you. 
and your neighbor, your family, etc. This system places the ultimate power in the hands of the people. And folks don't understand what that means. Let me explain. The way that the contracts are written, the contracts establish the existence of an institution called government and then narrowly and specifically details the few but well-defined powers given to government so that they may protect the natural rights of the people and be administrators of these states. You need administrative functions. Now, those powers are, as I said, very specific and well-defined. They're right there in the Constitution. And no matter, you need to understand that there's a couple of things. No matter what anyone passes as a law or ordinance or statute or whatever, these are all just words for man-made laws, the U.S. Constitution takes precedence over all of them. It is the supreme law of the land. That is why if someone passes a law or an ordinance, people might say, why, that's unconstitutional. Of course, then the next thing is, is you're supposed to act against it quickly and vigorously. No one ever does. But at any rate, that trumps anything that your local city council might dream up. You know, oh, we've passed an ordinance that, you know. Now, one of the <clears throat> one of the faults in our system that we have allowed to come about is the perversion of our justice system. And so the reason that that is, a, is as big a problem as it is, and it is, I'm telling you, you, you cannot even believe if you've not ever gotten tangled up in the courts, you have no idea how corrupt they really are. It's unbelievable. It's just one giant money-making scheme for government at the uh, expense of your rights. And most of what goes on in the so-called criminal justice system is completely and entirely unconstitutional. You sort of have to understand the Constitution to know that. Now, um, the problem is, is that the system has now been perverted, usurped, engineered to such a degree where states and municipalities now have police forces who will come and destroy your life should you resist their, their tyranny, their unconstitutional laws, ordinances, statutes, mandates, regulations, etc., They'll just throw your ass in jail and say, well, you know, you can fight us in court. Well, I'm sorry, I don't have millions of dollars to fight you in court. I don't have any money, as a matter of fact. And they know that, and so you're screwed. Now, that's a, that is something that desperately needs to be reformed, and the best way to do that is at your local level and work up. But you've got a lot of house cleaning to do. 
So you better get educated on this. Now, let's get back to mask laws. Hmm, that whiskey has got some nice smoke in it. All right. Mask laws. Well, first of all, you know, I went into a, well, I almost went into a store the other day. And they had a big old sign out there that said that it was your legal obligation to wear a mask. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? So let's talk about that for a minute. Here in the state of Colorado, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to keep this as a semi-family-friendly thing. Let's just put it this way. I do not have words um, mean enough, cruel enough, to describe our governor. He is one of the worst human beings on planet Earth in every way, shape, and form. He is unbelievably corrupt, and he is a tyrant. He is a horrible human being. So he issued an executive order saying that everyone had to wear masks in public and this and that, and the other thing, public spaces, in, you know, stores and restaurants and all that other sort of silly stuff. He issued an executive order. An executive order. Interesting. Now, is an executive order a law? Well, according to the idiot, the petty tyrant, Jared Polis, yes, Yes, it is. He can just write on a napkin, everyone will wear a mask. And boom, a law. Now we can lock people up and, and put them in prison if they don't do the thing that I commanded them to do. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. And they, you know, these governors will claim that this, well, you know, uh, the governor has emergency powers. Uh-huh. You know, I've, I've read up on that. And um, they're taking a great deal of liberty with that. Meaning that they are assuming authority not delegated to them. And, oh, by the way, who gave them this power and authority that they claim? Did they amend the Constitution? Did the people vote on this? No, they didn't. They simply granted it to themselves. They said, oh, um, we're passing a law that says the governor can do this in case of an emergency. We're not going to define what an emergency is, mind you. Um... And we're just going to write this bunch of crap and 
and there it is. So there, governor has all this power. No, he doesn't. That didn't go through the legislative process. And it's not constitutional. It's not moral. It's not lawful. And it violates the rights of the people. Therefore, it is null and void. But now let's bring this down to a personal level. If I go to, let's see, I'm staring at my neighbor. Oh, oh, it's a female. <gasps> what if I order her to wear a burqa? Because, you know, I well, I've got reasons. They're all a bunch of BS. I claim that they're scientific. But she has to wear a burqa. I command it. I, I'm writing it on a napkin. Hang on. Let me get it. Not a napkin. I got this piece of paper. Here we go. All right, neighbor must wear burqa. I'm not actually writing it, but, you know, maybe I was. Uh, must wear burqa. All right, so now um, I am going to hire my other neighbor. I'm going to deputize him. He's he's a, he's a cop now, and he is going to um, make her wear a burqa. I'm going to post a bunch of signs everywhere that she must wear a burqa. Yes, this is wonderful. That way... Um, it, it will help with the spread of COVID, according to me. Um, also, I will not be tempted by her, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Can I do that? See, you're all listening to this going, what is this guy smoking? How many shots of whiskey has he had? Because obviously... I do not have that power and authority over anyone. Ah, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What if, what if I run for city council? Yes. Now I will have power because I am in government. So as a city councilman, I will now order my neighbor to wear a burqa. As a matter of fact, she has dark hair. So all women with dark hair must wear a burqa. No? You're still... You know what's funny is a lot of you are probably going, oh, well, oh, maybe he can do that. No, of course I can't. I have no power and authority over the actions of other people. That's natural law 101. Ah, but you see, what if... Hang on now, hang on. Check this out. I'm going to get the whole city council to vote on this because they're all in my pro-Burka party. We're very progressive. And conservative at the same time. Pretty cool, huh? We're very popular here in this town. And so we pass an ordinance. It's unanimous. Boom. All dark-haired women must wear burqas. I mean, hey, a legislative body passed it. It's an ordinance, which, which is a law at, at a municipal level. So, boom, it's law. Now what? Now what are you going to do? Because now we're going to send the police after you. If you're a dark-haired woman and you're not wearing a burqa, we're coming for you. Oh, 
it's starting to get a little more interesting, isn't it? Because at this point, most of you don't understand what the next step is. Well, let's say, actually, I got elected as the mayor of this town, and I issue an executive order for the burqa. Dark-haired women must wear burqas. Now what? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I got into the city council and I'm the mayor. Burkas are in. Wear the burqa or else. What are you going to do? I mean, the first question is, where do I get this authority? Do you really think that just because I sit on the city council or I'm the mayor that I now have the power to force you to wear a burqa? And, and most of you are sitting there going, no, no, you don't. You do not have that power. Uh-uh. And you don't know why that is, but you're right. And then some of you are going, well, if it's a law, I mean, I guess you got I guess we got to go to court or something. You're all wrong. What makes you think just because I was elected to government that suddenly I have special powers and authority that you don't? My God, ladies and gentlemen, what on earth are you smoking? It doesn't matter what hat I wear. If I run for the state legislature and I'm a legislator and then all of us get together and we say, oh, we're passing this law that mandates that all dark-haired women wear a burqa. Now it's really no kidding a state law. Do you think that that's legitimate now? Because it isn't. It violates your natural rights. It violates natural law. It is immoral. It is unlawful. It is unconstitutional. And no, you do not have to resort to the courts to do anything with this, to overturn it, to fight it, to whatever. You simply inform your local government and your county government and your state government that you absolutely will not be follow, uh, following this. And we haven't gotten into this. We're, we're just a short little bit uh, into this. But your county sheriff and his deputies had best be on board with you because he's supposed to know what is constitutional or not. Most of them don't. And they should be resisting this. You should be resisting this. You should be recalling legislators. Holy hell should break loose. I'm not saying you riot. You don't burn and, and destroy private property you know, all that sort of thing, but you damn sure recall that those bastards out of office and you send someone in there worth a damn and if they don't immediately repeal it, you, you pull them out. Now, you might say, oh, the state legislatures, all the different counties and all that, you know, what, what happens if, okay, well, then you focus on your county and you make sure your county isn't going to allow this to happen. Now, what if you're the governor of a state 
and and he issues an ex- or or she issues an executive order saying you have to wear a burqa. Now what are you going to do? You think it's any different whether it's a burqa or a mask? I got news for you. A burqa, according to everyone's little mask orders, is a mask. It's probably better than a mask, as a matter of fact, in some ways. Especially since masks don't actually work. But it will trap more of your air in that clothing than a mask does. A burqa is more effective than a mask. And you know what's really effective? A mask under the burqa. Two layers of protection. Mmm. And you're sitting there going, oh man, this guy is off his flipping rocker. Mm, it's interesting since, you know, Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci and a few other people are like, oh yeah, actually everyone should be wearing goggles and face shields. I mean, to some of you, this sounds like a little bit of an exercise in futility. But it's not. Because what I'm saying is not even a full step away from implementation. You've got Gavin Newsom has banned church. He's banned church. The arguments of the anti-federalists have come true. It's very interesting. We are you have no idea how close we are to things that are as absurd as everyone must wear a burqa. And I'm telling you, there is no flipping difference between everyone must wear a burqa and everyone must wear a mask. And a lot of you are going, oh, but for public safety. Well, wrong. You see, I was trained very well and very specifically in biological warfare. And I got news for you. None of you are wearing the right masks. And you are all so horrible at wearing the mask that you have. The thing that's just so pathetically stupid and ironic is that what you're doing is worse than not wearing a mask. And oh, by the way, you're all going to get it. You're all going to get it, just like we've all gotten the flu and a cold. The only reason we did anything in the first place, the auspice was to try to make sure that the hospitals did not get overwhelmed, and they did not get overwhelmed, and they're not getting overwhelmed. You are being distracted right now. But I digress. The governor has no power. No authority to tell you to wear a mask. And I don't give a damn what unconstitutional law he cites. The bottom line is that every bit of it violates the Constitution, it violates natural law, it violates your rights, and it's immoral. Nobody can force you to wear a mask unless you let them. And if you let them, you are a slave. Period. End of story. You have no idea just how stupid 
all of this is, medically speaking. From a biological warfare expert, I am telling you, it's stupid. There is no legitimate reason. And even if there was, the only thing they could do is say, listen, uh, the best information we have is that masks really, really help. And um, we really recommend it. Uh, you're on your own. Because that does not violate your natural rights. Does not violate the Constitution, etc., etc. Furthermore, an executive order does not apply to you and I. An executive order is instructions or policy guidance to departments under the executive office, the governor or the president. Little harder to, to understand because most people don't understand how the state is set up, but let's look at um, the federal government for a moment. The president can issue an executive order to the Department of Justice saying, hey, this is how we want things to run, and as long as that executive order is constitutional, then no problem. If it's unconstitutional, then, you know, the people there have the duty to say, mm, no, that's not constitutional, we're not doing it. Screw you. And that's what they should do. Of course, they never do. So it's the same thing here. Now, some people would say, oh, well, he can direct the health department. Okay, no, no, no part of the government may violate the natural rights of the people. So he, sure, the, the governor can, can issue an executive order to the health department saying, I want you guys to, um, you know, in conjunction with the state police or whatever, to enforce this mask order. It's still unconstitutional. It's still unlawful, illegal, immoral, a transgression against natural law violates your natural rights. Therefore, nobody should follow it. And you're saying, oh, but people are. Yes, because you're not resisting. That's why. So, mask orders, mandates, etc. are all, every single one of them, falls into every single one of these categories. Illegal, unconstitutional, unlawful, immoral, infringes upon the natural rights of the people, is a transgression of natural law. And if you are not fighting this, listen, I don't care. Maybe you're one of those morons that thinks that it actually works. Good for you. Feel free to rock that mask all day long. You're an idiot, but do it all day long. I'm going to smirk at you because you're a moron. But go for it. I don't care. That's your life. I'm not going to get involved with it. The minute that you or anyone else open your big mouth and tell me that I should or must wear a mask, we're going to have a problem. Because you are infringing on my natural rights my life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Wrong answer. It's not the way it works. 
So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody should support these. If you want to wear a mask, knock yourself out. But thou shalt not mandate that others do anything because you have no authority. You do not own anyone. You are not responsible for anyone other than your damn self. Period. End of story. I don't give a damn what you think, what you feel. You do not own anyone else. You are not a slave master. You are not smarter than anyone else. You do not make decisions for anyone else. You do not dictate the lives of anyone else. How dare you? How dare you think that you have such authority over others? Nobody does. Nobody. And so the fact that these mask laws have any support... Well, I'm sorry. I keep saying that. My apologies. Mask orders and mandates because there's not a single mask law in this country. They're all unconstitutional, unlawful, immoral, illegal orders from governors and mayors and county commissioners. None of them are legitimate. None of them should be followed or supported. Go off, start your own little cult. Talk your neighborhood into everyone in your neighborhood wearing a mask all the time. Whatever. I don't care. But don't you dare suppose that you have power and authority over others. The mask is a burqa. And I haven't even touched on if you think that some person, for some reason, has that kind of authority over you, you are one lost, lost soul. Because at the end of the day, huh, I can take that and I can justify anything. If you'll give me that, for BS reasons that you don't have any grasp or knowledge of? Oh, you have no idea how I can spin that. How I can destroy your life. How I can enslave entire populations with that. So you need to ask whether or not you want to live free or if you want to be a slave and the last time I checked nobody wanted to be a slave the real trick with the game they're playing now and this comes from a guy who is very highly trained in psychological warfare is getting you to demand your own slavery. What a great trick that is. 
It's time to wake up to liberty. I hope I'll see you there. Until next time, take care.